Welcome to B-Plot Podcast, the podcast where we take a look at some of the biggest movies from days gone by, and we looked at the ones that dropped on the exact same day. Now, uh, my name's Lincoln, I'm a comic out here in London, I'm with my man Sam, Sam also a comic. Yeah, um, how you doing, Sam? Are you feeling good? How is your energy? Feeling good, feeling sprightly, had a lot mm-hmm. of rest, rested, mm-hmm. rested up this so weekend. F- physically, you're feeling good. Physically great. Mentally drained by these two movies. Mm, drained. And I think I know why. So the movies that we're watching today for you guys, are, we're watching Wolf of Wall Street and uh, the Scorsese movie, and we are watching uh, Grudge Match, which is also actually technically a Scorsese movie. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. you if you look at the people involved and what they are referencing. But Wolf of Wall Street is uh, very well known. Uh, Scorsese from one of his kind of later ones, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Sam, from what I hear from around the way, you're not a big fan of this guy. From what you hear around the way is if it's not from my mouth direct. The rumor on the street <laughs> is Sam doesn't fuck with Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Uh, I don't like this movie. And watching Do it you- again... So go ahead. What are you going to say? No, no. I was going to say, do you not like it for like philosophical reasons or for filmmaking reasons? Uh, f- like philosophical, primarily, right? But I'm also going to say filmmaking. Reasons. You know what? I love a movie that respects my time. This this is three hours of basically what a recruitment consultant wishes their life was. Man, you goddamn, you're such a philistine. Yeah, Philistine? But I don't okay. even know if you, that's how you say it. Is that- Philist- I think Philistine, Philistine. <laughs> Philistine? I don't know. I don't, I've never <laughs> actually had to say that out loud. <laughs> the first half hour of the movie, I'm like, this is great. This is going to be a great movie. Uh, where you go, like, we're fo- we're, we're, when we're following him at the beginning, after the little intro bit, after we, when the sort of intro credits time, when it's like him meeting McConaughey, love everything about that. And it's, for me, I'm like, this is setting up to be like a, like a classic Scorsese, like horrible protagonist in the mix. And then it just, it's just them doing stuff for another two and a half hours after the fact. And I'm like, nah, I'm out. I'm bored. Oh man, I can't believe that. Cause so much of this movie is so quotable to me, man. Like there's scenes that just stick up to me. Like, and all the performances like Jonah Hill, he doesn't do anything for you. Uh, Jonah Hill's good. I'm, He's disgusting. He's 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 gross. He's horrendous. You know. Okay, we'll we'll get we'll get a bit deeper into it. I fucking love uh, John Bernthal. Oh man, this Agree. guy is great. Um, Agree. And he's in he's in both movies. But this is okay. The the voiceover at the beginning of Wolf of Wall Street. The like because it's Goodfellas, but with s- stock trading, and it just feels like you know, the lame kid that was trying to be your friend in school by being like. I don't know. I haven't kissed a girl, but I've done anal. And I'm like, okay, this it's weird and it's a lot because there's this whole intro thing with DiCaprio's like, uh, well, he's like, I bang hookers five or six nights a week. Oh, and one more thing, I love drugs. And I'm like, this sounds, this sounds like what your parents tell you bad kids are like at school, dude. But he, uh, I'm not gonna try and convince you otherwise because it, it's it's pointless. It's three hours is a, is one is a long time. Mm. I think it's three hours long in the right way, in the right. sense that, like, by the end of it, I'm like, okay, fuck, this is exhausting. Like, the feeling of the, all the drugs and, like, all the close-ups of his face just, like, looking all contorted and stuff, and I'm like, oh, this is too much. But um, for me, like, the really, like, the core of the movie that I really loved is are those um, 
scenes where he's talking to them in on the trading floor. Yeah. And it's like basically like it becomes like a spiritual yeah, thing. It's a cult. It's like a like a Baptist preacher. Like <laughs> yeah. um and it's like it turns into like a Def Jam set <laughs> where the audience is just like on top of him and everyone's just and now I was like even when I was watching I was like my man's crushing it right now. It's a good great five, great ten minutes, whatever he's doing. <laughs> um he's he's doing a great, great job. Yeah, they... also like yeah, also dude, like Leonardo DiCaprio, that performance to me. I think it was one. It's incredible, in my yeah. opinion. I think he just he's look. Think of all the different things, different types of acting, and different things he does. Like he, the weird scene where they're on the quaaludes and they're like dragging along the floor. Yeah, the scene where he's dancing at his wedding and popping and locking and stuff. Like yeah, I nothing. Nothing in your heart. Nothing in your heart, Sam. I feel like I feel like they they say the word quaaludes so much. I forget that the film's not actually supposed to be about quaaludes. I guess the other thing, because it's one, you know, it's a movie with an unreliable narrator, right? Yeah. That's, that's the thing. And it's just kind of like the, the stuff he lies about or the stuff that isn't quite as it is. I'm like, I just don't care. I just don't, like, honestly, the, and I think there's supposed to be, there's just no, it feels like at the beginning of the movie, it feels like, because my favourite is the McConaughey at lunch scene. I think that's the best for me, the best scene in the movie. Um, so, yeah. do you want to just give us a, a really quick plot summary of what you this know? What is? I, w- I was actually thinking about this. Even if I give you a really quick plot summary, it's going to be literally it's going to be like two sentences. Which yeah. is Leonardo DiCaprio is a, uh, a broker on Wall Street. He cheats loads of money, loads of people out of their money in uh, the early nineties, and he goes to jail. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's such a show, but like that's not the movie. The movie is all of these like the excess and like the like the the lines. Um, uh, my favorite scene actually is the scene where Jonah Hill and John Bernthal are like going back and forth. He's just yeah. supposed to give him the money, and uh, Jonah Hill goes, uh, "What are you? I'm getting like a gay vibe with you, dude. Dude, I just wanted to say I don't think about you that way. Like <laughs> that's such a great line. He's smoking crack." Yeah, Johnny, yeah, Johnny, yeah, Johnny yeah, yeah. Leo smoking crack. It's just like, uh, it's like this. Yeah, I don't know why. It's, it's, it's got a great energy. It's got a great forward momentum. Yeah, that scene, though, yeah, that's a great scene. Again, John Bernthal. Like, John Bernthal is like the type of man's man in movies where I'm like, I totally buy it. I totally believe it. And I feel like, if anything, you're toning yourself down for these roles, for like how yeah. sort of it's effortlessly weird. macho he is. Yeah, and like I've, everything I've seen him in, he's been good. Yeah, um, he was great in uh, The Walking Dead, and he, there's probably an argument that says that show went off, yeah, went down when he left. He is great in um, what's the other thing that I uh, Sicario? Have you seen? Yeah, he's in Sicario. He yeah, plays a really yeah. interesting role. He's just fantastic, fantastic uh, actor. I hope everything good uh, comes his way. But um. Yeah, man, it's interesting though that you like you say you dislike Wolf of Wall Street that much, just because like I think obviously it references Goodfellas mm-hmm. a lot, but it's basically like the last thirty minutes of Goodfellas that like Henry Hill yeah. um, cocaine sequence, but they stretch it out over an entire three hours, in three hours, and it's just like holy shit, this is. There's, there's something weird for me sometimes with like critics where it's like they don't understand that like yeah just because it's on screen doesn't mean Scorsese's like I believe all of this 100% yeah 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 this movie's greatest sin 
let me say this, Sam. This movie's mm. greatest sin is that it's it it aspires to be entertaining. It aspires to be funny. Yeah. And if this movie was a three hour slog, like a or like a JFK Oliver Stone style, just like dry one scene and then the next, this thing would have won twenty thousand Oscars. <laughs> but if you try, if you ever try and be a movie, if you ever try and be enjoyable, dude, you're never seeing any Oscars ever. I love watching people I hate, but I feel like Wolf of Wall Street. To give some credit to the people who are saying it's glamorizing, it's blah, blah, blah. I think it tries to be too entertaining without making me... It doesn't make me suffer at any point. It doesn't make me upset to watch. I just feel like Uncut Gems, the Safdie brothers, this like Uncut Gems and Good Time, these are the films where I'm like, now this is where... This is what I want Wolf of Wall Street to be. This is I the would, kind of... I mean, you're telling me it doesn't make you suffer. It's three hours long. That's, it's, yeah. it's exhausting. Physically, you're suffering. Physically, mm. you are you're having a hard time. Um, but also, man, I think like the the big moment for me in that in that um, in that movie that like really does it is the moment where um, they ask the woman to cut her hair, yeah, for breast implants, and that's the first time it's uncomfortable for me. When I was like, mm. uh, you have to pull back. But also, like if you look at how that scene plays, she's uncomfortable, yeah. But then they give her the money, and she smiles and she's mm-hmm. happy and it's like you have to like you go back and forth and she's like well this is this is really uncomfortable because she she is also buying into this mm. she's also buying as awful and horrible and uncomfortable as it is that they're shaving off the hair as soon as they give her the money she's like she lights up and then you know she goes and her friend hugs way. her and they're like yeah we got the fucking money it's an interesting scene as well like how she's exploited mm. but then like it talks about like how, compl- how we're all complicit in our own exploitation because we buy into it and we mm. watch this shit for three hours. It's weird though because these two movies actually have a lot of um, overlap, I feel. But um, yeah, so it's got Stallone, De Niro on the one side and Grudge Match. It's, it's kind of like sad because it's kind of like um, Scorsese's now off with his like new girlfriend, um, <laughs> yeah. DiCaprio. <laughs> and his old girlfriend, the one who like got him to the dance and like scrimped and saved and put him through law school. Yeah. And you know, coupon clipped his way there. Like he divorced her <laughs> as soon as he could. And then like, you know, De Niro was doing what he was. He's basically been floundering ever since. Can you give us a, a summary of Grudge Match? What exactly it is? So, um yeah, Stallone basically plays Rocky. De Niro plays Lamote, his character from Raging Bull. But they, they, they had a rivalry in the 80s, a boxing rivalry. They, they had two fights. De Niro won one, Stallone won the next one. And there was never a tiebreaker. Um, so this is them picking up at like, what, 65? Uh, yeah. Kevin Hart, this new slick agent, comes in mm-hmm. trying to have basically an exhibition match, a grudge match, a settler, a salty settler. For these two old boxes, man, let's let's get into the elephant in the room, uh, Sam. Just the the bodies. Um, there's possibly more titties in Grudge Match than in Wolf of Wall Street. A lot of titties, mostly mm. um, De Niro's titties. Mm. Uh, beautiful titties. He's got beautiful titties, though. Let's be fair. Um, They're both in great shape. He's in great shape. I think you should be proud as a as a. If I get to sixty five. And mm. that's the only like minimal amount of titty that I have. I'm I'm taking it. Mm. There's also an argument that I might actually just take their body like right now 
Yeah. <laughs> I might just take it right now and be like, if you can guarantee that I will not get worse than this throughout the course of my life, yeah. then I will look like uh, De Niro looks in this movie. Oh, bro, I'm so much more out of shape than De Niro in this movie. There's a scene where De Niro legit does pull-ups. Yeah, he does one and a half pull-ups, and Bernthal, his son, mm. um, just was like, really, one and a half? And I was like, you son of a... <laughs> This guy's an Olympian. One, one and a half pull-ups. 65 years old. Just so this, Yeah, this movie is... It's, it's really fun to see these two guys play back off it. I found this movie incredibly depressing just because it's difficult to... Uh, to just kind of see these guys be old and like nod back to earlier movies and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, And also, this movie does something which is a little bit annoying, which is that it doesn't really pick a protagonist. It just has De Niro and... Stallone and Stallone yeah. gets a little bit more time than De Niro but both of these guys are fighting at the end spoiler and um but I'm not rooting for anyone oh you're not no not really I'm rooting I mean Stallone's the good guy De Niro's the kind he's the he's the relatable villain of the story uh I would argue mm-hmm. so, so I'm rooting for Stallone but because like you said this movie is depressing and I, this is the thing. I think it's supposed to be a comedy. They're supposed to be. Kevin Hart's like the um, Kevin Hart's like the guy who kind of brings the comic relief. But I'm not. What's weird is I'm not sure if this is peak Kevin Hart. And I know you've never really like fought with my man that way, but mm. I can't be sure if this isn't Kevin Hart like at his apex when he was, yeah. or if he's still coming up, or if he's already come down. Like, yeah, it's very hard to say. He doesn't have a lot to play with in this joint. We, sh- we should probably run through just a little bit what happened. So do you want to, do you want to take us through that? So, yeah, we, we, I mean, we see, we see the sort of history of these two boxes rivalry. Um, and we jump in, yeah, we jump in. They're both like 60, 65. Um, Kevin Hart basically goes, shows up at Sylvester Stallone's house saying, uh, I want you to do some mocap for this video game. There's like 15 grand in it for you. And reluctantly Stallone agrees uh, Sam, you have to say what mocap is for the people. Man. Motion capture. So Thank where, you. where you wear the uh, where you wear the green suit and the like mm. lit up ping pong balls. They're making a video game and they want these classic boxes in it. And Stallone never wants to see De Niro again. And basically, I'll just go through the backstory of that. Is when they were at their peak, Stallone's girlfriend, at, played by Kim Basinger. Uh, by the way, just in, in, in pronunciation, it is Kim Basinger. It's not Bassinger or something like that. I think it's Basinger. Write hey. to us. Write to us. <laughs> Corre- corrections and uh, clarifications. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. So, yeah. But Kim Basinger, by the way, who is 60 mm. and just looks absolutely tremendous. Like whatever Lisa Bonet was uh, sacrificing to, <laughs> Kim, Kim Basinger was right next to her because yeah. she looks great for, for 60. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so the sort of the muddy family drama is, we don't see most of this, but Kim Basinger, this is like all in the past, but Kim Basinger was dating Stallone. She cheated on him with De Niro, who then got her pregnant. uh, Mm -hmm. And that's where it sort of cuts off. And then John Bernthal shows up as De Niro's son Mm -hmm. um, with a grandson. And basically... This is their setup. Is St- Stallone walked away from boxing and he walked away from Kim Basinger and now he works in a factory or a mill. Um, 
doesn't have a TV, just completely unplugged from the world. Yeah. Whereas De Niro has become this kind of like car salesman. He he, he has like the Jake LaMotta um, thing where he has the uh, he does like a stand up set or like yeah. a night, an evening with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that brings us to our first instant cancellation. Go on, go for it. Um, the scene in there where uh, this is also again this is like how my mind works just in terms of comedy and that my man is doing a dog shit set is mm. in there he's not he's scraping by pitter patters and stuff like that and then he gets heckled by this woman who he just proceeds to call a man he um, proceeds to go towards uh, implying that he would not have slept with her when he was uh, in his prime yeah um, and yeah, that's 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 where we instant cancel. So the, basically, also another part of the movie where I, I someone will have to explain to me how we deal with this. How do we deal with this part of a movie when um, we all have accepted the premise? We mm. all know that Stallone and De Niro are going to box because it's on the poster. Yeah, but they have not accepted it. Yeah, and so there's this section which I feel like is just crazily too long. It's like mm. 20 minutes of Kevin Hart trying to convince Stallone and De Niro to do the fight. And they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do it. And it's like, motherfucker, just do it. Mm. Just do it so that we can get out of here. Because this is this humming and high is not working for me. Well, so here's, uh, this is one thing I thought this was interesting about both of these movies, obviously coming out the same day, the same year. And when they came out, obviously we have the big financial crash um, of 2008. Mm. Uh, and I mean, personally, I, don't, I still don't believe we've left the wake of that. But in this film, 2013, it's the motivation for all the characters across all of these movies is to make money, right? But to mm. to kind of jump. It's like the idea is to like make such a huge amount of money that you're just jumping up like a social class. You're jumping up to like a light, like a a sort of fantasy lifestyle, and with Stallone is obviously Stallone. I mean, Stallone. The, the money is the is the bait because he wants to. Um, he wants to put Alan Alda in a proper home. <laughs> Alan Arkin, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alan Alan Alda. <laughs> what did I say? Alan Alda? <laughs> you said Alan Alda, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Alan Alda a real person? Have I yeah, made that? Yeah, Alan Alda was Hawkeye in Mash, um, and you'll remember him as the Doctor from Broad City for sure. He's the he's he's Abby's chiropractor. You know what's crazy is I just realised this now. Is I've just been using it interchangeably. <laughs> I know I know who Alan Arkin is, and I know that Alan Alda also exists. But if you'd asked me who was in this movie, I would have one hundred percent been like, "Yeah, Alan Alda was, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> was yeah. in this movie." Man, thank uh, you for catching that because I think there is a little trend on this podcast of us just getting stuff wrong. Yeah. Um, someone explained to me the other day that Billy Zane did not, in fact, die on the Titanic. Did he not? Um, no, he survived. Oh. I said that when our, when we did our Phantom episode. So what we are starting now, impromptu, uh, Sam, is a corrections and clarification section. Yeah. Where you can just just drop us a DM to be like, dude, that is so wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we will address it at, at any given point. Mm. So, but sorry, you were saying. Um. Yeah, he's trying to put. He's trying to take care of Alan Arkin, who is. Uh, who he looks after in his old age. Whereas De Niro has this car dealership and this restaurant. He's kind of trying to build this celebrity around. He like De Niro wants the fame. Stallone wants the money. Um, 
but it's it's just very interesting because they're both it's basically all these films at some point around the end of act one it's about these guys falling on really hard financial times yeah because stallone works in a um stallone works in a, a factory like mm. a you know the i imagine the the factory from footloose in my head like yeah. just <laughs> just a place where steel beams like no a lot of um modern progress just guys mm. putting steel things into hot things um, yeah stallone works here and uh, this place gets shut down and this place gets um it kind of gives a incentive for him to now actually look for the money whereas de niro is yeah it's doing this kind of after dinner circuit mm. um and presumably doing very well we have no idea well, I mean, by the show, by getting heckled by the show, I would assume yeah. not that, you know what I mean? And he's going up dressed as a boxer. It's corny. It's cringe. It's Yeah, that's really Ooh. sad. Um, but what happens then is um, Kevin Hart convinces both of them to... Uh, Kevin Hart convinces both of them to take the fight and they have to go to their respective uh, trainers. Stallone gets trained old school by, okay. by Alan Arkin. Yeah, your man uh, De Niro... He picks up a, a very uh, goes to see one of my least favorite actors, uh, LL, LL Cool J. Who yeah, I hate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think LL Cool J is like just the lamest dude. I never enjoy him. He looks like a proper like he looks like a turtle. Yeah. He, um, he also reminds me of like the thumb uh, men from uh, Spy Kids. Like he just. I never saw Spy Kids. Oh well, never there you go. There you yeah, go. yeah, yeah. We should we should have that next on. Um, yeah, he's just a very strange, strange dude, and he kind of he doesn't help really help De Niro. Uh, Joey Diaz is there, God bless him. <laughs> yeah, out yeah. of way, um, like just having fun. Um, but it, it ends up so that John Bernthal ends up trading De Niro, and it's his son. You know, there's this big history, this triangle between these three people. But yeah, what did you what did you think of like the the training montages, the um, the one with De Niro and Stallone are working out? getting yeah. together well so it's yeah i mean we've got it, it reminded me of rocky four again because we've got de niro in like the the fanciest gym run by ll cool j even though burnt even though his son has come in to train him it's just like all the high-tech equipment is like fancy it's proper do you know what i mean it's like paid mm. membership and then you got alan arkin uh, you got rocky running down the river dragging cars over his back in the scrapyard putting his hands in vinegar do you have any, uh, do you have any, uh, whatchamacallit, any like weirdly woke moments from Grudge Match? Because I think there's, there's some fun ones in there. I didn't have anything weirdly woke. The thing I did have though, was I was like, I really feel like this movie was written by a stepdad. Uh, okay. Because the, uh, so what we've got as the plot progresses, obviously John, like John Bernthal is De Niro's biological son, but his mum, Kim Basinger, was always in love with um, Stallone. And there's this scene where Stallone's called the fight off. So because he's, it turns out he's blind in his left eye and Alan Arkin is like, you can't fight because you can't see your entire left side. And he's trying to reconnect with Kim Basinger. He goes over to Kim Basinger's house. John Bernthal opens the door and gives him this whole like, no, I don't know. I, I don't fucking know you, but you seem like a cool guy and you make my mother really happy and I love you. And it's like, it's just like this kind of like, <laughs> it's wet, like no yeah. kid has ever said that to somebody that their mum is yeah. trying to bang. Nobody, even like, even if you're a nice person, you're not trying to make it that easy. You know what I mean? You're like, well, you, you treat my mother right or I'll fucking knock you out. Do you know what I mean? It's not. Yeah, it's very, it, that is very weird. I must say, I, I 
that did strike me as a, a bit of a weird one. The, my weirdly woke moment for grudge match is um, Stallone's ignoring Kim Basinger the whole time, and Alan Arkin goes, you, "You're you're upset because she cheated on you, but like I was training at the time, you went to work, you trained for boxing, you never had any time for you time for her. Maybe it's your fucking fault." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, go on, Granddad, you tell him." I want to say Liam Neeson mm. doing Taken. Really, my man opened up an entire avenue for Hollywood that they did not know existed. Mm. They thought that it was basically like, you know, Clint Eastwood is the only one we've got. But he opened up a whole avenue where uh, old people just do uh, action stuff. Yeah. And Grudge Match falls squarely into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel like it's a movie for that, for sure. Oh, it's a classic dad movie. This, uh, uh, like... I feel like every dad needs to see this, uh, uh, probably probably with somebody so they can lean over and go, hey, when I was a kid, you know, Alan Arkin was in this other thing. You know, that's mm. it feels like that's what the movie is made to do. Is it? Like, hey, that's from Raging Bull. That's from Rocky. That's, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's, 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 let's do the thing again. The thing we want to talk about, the bodies. Man, Stallone <laughs> looks like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. Is he on steroids? Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Is that liveless? I don't even know how that works. Um, <laughs> but there's no way at the age of 65 or whatever he is that my man is looking as as ripped, brolic, like, without a little bit of the, little bit of the juice. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, his veins are bigger than my actual arms. Yeah. You know By mean? the way, I, I, I wanted to say I have no problem with that. I yeah, no yeah, problem, yeah. I have no problem with it. This is not a competitive sport. Like, if he juices, that's fine. Yeah, no one's it's losing com- apart from Sylvester. Yeah, it's completely fine. I have no problems with it whatsoever. But yeah, that is definitely happening. What are some of the other ones that we have in terms of categories? So we have our Weirdly Work, we have our Instant Cancel, we have our Freaky Friday. So now if you had to swap characters between um, Wolf of Wall Street and Grudge Match, yeah, um, which I think is, by the way, Grudge Match is a terrible title. Yeah. Um, it's not a good title for anything. It's just crazy. I don't know if you remember this, but... When we when we were talking about the, these films, said Grudge Match. I don't know if I even said it to you. If I said it, to you, I was like, I, ha- I hadn't even heard of this movie, and I was like, in my heart, I feel like this is a Kevin Hart movie because Kevin Hart does single syllable two word movies that are like adjective verb or like. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's always like Grudge Match, Night School, Ride Along. It's always like yeah. Oh man, dude. You know what I mean? You've tapped into the ultralight beam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have you you've tapped into the ultralight beam here because this is one hundred percent. This is how my man built his entire his entire empire. Yeah, it's just is oh it, man. Quickly, you want to see something that's? Uh, <laughs> I mean, if I go through them now, it, and there's you know even some of the older ones, <laughs> epic movie, superhero movie, extreme movie, and then we get into like where he's changing, uh, and we go <laughs> let go. Exit strategy, ride along, school dance, top five, get hard. <laughs> Central Dude, intelligence. How, how is this possible? How Bro. have you missed this? <laughs> oh my god. The upside, night school, Hobbs and Shaw. And, do you know what I mean? It's just, dude. He's he's got something about two words where he's like, if if this if this movie, I, if you have a one word title, I'm fucking I walking, s- dude. I swear to fucking god, <laughs> if, if if there's more than one word in this movie, yeah. I swear to god, I'm walking. <laughs> oh my god, if this movie genre blender, mm-hmm. if you had to turn this movie ten degrees to the left, 
and make it a different genre, what would yeah. it be? Uh oh fuck. I've got so I've got it for Wolf of Wall Street for Grudge Match. I was desperately trying to think of one, but I just say just take out the fucking comedy. Make it like a sad descent Macbeth story. Just make it like a real sports movie. You know what? I think it would work really well as a um, a American factory style documentary about the demise of the working class in <laughs> yeah. America. Like, t- take away all of this. This is a deep, deep, deep tragedy. This man's been laid off from his factory, probably due to uh, competition out of China or whatever. Mm. And uh, he now in a very sad... Uh, st- documentary style like mock like, do it mockumentary do it mm-hmm. mockumentary and he has to like go and fight this outrageous fight and put his health on the line just because he needs to make money and yeah that's what that's what i want to see like a michael moore style um, documentary. i think we should uh look at some of the final categories that we might have missed so i was just gonna uh genre bend wolf of wall mm-hmm. street to I want to see it as a stoner comedy road movie. <laughs> I want to see it as like, uh, and uh, I've cheated a little bit here. If you know the story of uh, Jordan Banthol, Belfort, Belfort. I'm thinking of John Banthol again. <laughs> um, uh, if you know the true story of him, he was in prison with Tommy Chong when he wrote the book Wolf of Wall Street. And that was like I was. I want to see. I want to see DiCaprio and Jonah Hill as Cheech and Chong trying to trying to smuggle money across America. That's what I want to see. Well, there you go. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Um, but dude, I think that's all we have to, um, yeah. for you guys today. Another nice long episode. Um, that is uh, B plot for this week. I think next week, uh, Sam, we actually already have next week's episode mapped out, don't we? Oh yeah, fuck. So we have Jaws, yeah, uh, which uh, obviously one of the biggest blockbusters of all time. Probably, is it fair to say like the first proper blockbuster? No, no. You got like no. Ben Hur, fucking Sparkus. I, I went too far, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You just pulled, pulled me right up. Um, <laughs> we had uh, Jaws, and what dropped the same day as Jaws? I remember you sending me a, sending yeah. me a list. I'm just, I'm just going through it. Take your time. Devil's the Devil's Reign. So on our next um, on our next episode, we will be uh, listening to, or we'll both be watching Jaws and Devil's Reign. So if you want to kind of get ahead of that and watch that, um, and like hear us discuss it afterwards, perfect time to do it. Um, lockdown easing down now as well, so it seems people maybe be have a little bit um, not be as inclined to watch the movies, but uh, don't buy into it. Mm. Stay at home, watch yeah. the movies. Join us. Chat to us. That's what you need to be doing. Don't go outside. Ew, mm. gross. That's where the germs are. Yeah, everybody's still sick. Stay in with yeah. us. That's safe. not a good idea. Um, are we medical professionals? Yeah, 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 we are. So, uh, <laughs> mostly. If you, mostly. Um, you know, did we do it online? No, no, not even. Just, <laughs> Sam just met a dude uh, behind the Sainsbury's once and he <laughs> yeah. explained everything to him. And Pen and now, paper, baby. And now Sam is a medical doctor. Um, do I take a lot of advice from him? Mostly. Most of my <laughs> medical advice I take from Sam. Yeah. Um, my elbow hurt uh, earlier this day. I thought, what would Sam do? Sam would be like, just forget about it. 
and yeah. now it is worse. Yeah, um, <laughs> but have you played video games? Distract you from the pain. Hundred percent. Distract yourself from the pain. Distract yourself from all the hurt in the world, and you can only do that here on uh, B Plot Podcast. Sam, dude, always, uh, always a pleasure. Lovely, Sam. Um, great stuff. Um, see you next time, and bye bye. Bye.